Oh, man, are you guys doing good? Have you ever been, like, um, physically tired but spiritually excited? You know what I'm talking about? That's how I am right now. Like, I'm worn out. But I am excited. I'm so excited for what God is doing in this place. I'm so glad you're here again. Oh, she looked away. I'm so glad everybody's here. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Bob. I'm glad you're here, Greg. Um, just turn to somebody, just look them right in the eye and just get all, get, get, go full Disney on them and just say, I'm so glad you're here. Go ahead. I mean, come on, you go full Lion King on them if you want. <laughs> I heard that. That's a children's pastor down there. Well, have you guys been so blessed by this conference so far? I know I have been. Like, it's just, man, I just keep thinking of that A.W. Tozer quote. I, I just, you just when you think like, man, God has already been so good and, and you, you see all these revelations of who Jesus is, it's like a diamond, right? You see all these angles and then you get this other angle. You get this new picture, uh, of Mary's love for Jesus, her thankfulness, her gratitude for being forgiven. And then you're suddenly like, oh, that's me. I was forgiven, right? You know what I'm talking about? And anybody else resonate with loudmouth Peter? Is that just me and Stephanie? Okay, awesome. I'm not going to call you out, Stephanie. But um, yeah, I just, I'm so, I'm so thankful for what God's been teaching us. Uh, we're going to receive an offering tonight. It all goes to my 401k. No, I'm just kidding. Kathy asked me, she goes, hey, we're receiving an offering. Andre's in here. Where's it going to go? I said, my savings. No, just kidding. Um, and I, I prayed about it, and I felt like the Lord said, you know, we're going to go, we're going to put this to fam, all right? Because I, I am just so excited for what I've seen God doing through foster care, advocacy, ministry. And uh, guys, again, I just mentioned this, I think, two Sundays ago or last Sunday. The days are starting to blur, but a ninth family is getting licensed to foster to adopt. Is that so cool? Guys, come on. I am just so pumped about that. And what this, what this is going to do as we build up this fund, this is going to allow us to uh, send our foster parents random gifts, right, random date nights, um, put together events where we can support them, we can have a big meal for them and get bounce houses for the kids and have just big fun nights where we just bless, 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 bless these kids and show them the love of Jesus. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. And uh, Lord, I am just so thankful to be in such a generous church, Lord. Um, God, I thank you already for what I saw, Lord, the amount going to um, Andre's ministry. And I'm just so blessed by that. And I'm so thankful, God, that we get to be a part of this, that we get to build uh, the kingdom of God all the way around the world from this little town in Kinsman. And how amazing that is that uh, you are advancing your kingdom through us. We're thankful, Lord. We're so thankful. And I pray that you would bless every person who's giving tonight. God, that you would just bless them right back. I think, I think of your verse of that scripture and your word that says those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And God, for every couple and every individual who right now felt led by the Spirit to, to give that $20 or $100 or $2 to, to these foster parents, God, that they themselves will find themselves refreshed in a powerful and a fresh way. In Jesus' name. And everyone said?
Amen. Well, um, I was going to preach on one thing, and then um, the Lord changed it yesterday morning. And so I spent a few hours at Cortland campus and uh, just was writing down a bunch of thoughts about this topic. This is my interesting, little different title, What to Do with a Word from God. What to do with a word from God, right? So it's a little bit more of a teaching, and we're going to have a good time tonight. I just, I'm so thankful that we're going to have a good time. How many knows we're going to have a good time, right? Um, I want to start off by saying tonight's message is very much geared towards equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Um, and I, Ephesians 4 tells me that that is my job. That's literally my role. Uh, but as we discuss tonight the goodness of Jesus and as you hear words like gospel, or I just want to tell you, God the Father loved you so much. If you're a guest, if you're a seeker, if you don't know about this whole thing called Christianity yet, he loved you so much he sent his son to die in your place so that you could be forgiven of all your mistakes, all your sins, the same sins, the same mistakes I've made, and be restored to relationship with Father God. So I want to make sure you hear that, that if you want to know more about that, please see one of the prayer team members. They'll have a lanyard, and it literally says prayer team, or myself, or Will, and we'd be happy to talk with you. Uh, and the prayer team will be available at the end, too. So make sure you just, if you got a desire, you know what, I'm not a Christian. I, I'm still skeptical to this whole thing, but I know, I want to know more. Please come talk to us about that. Okay? So what to do with a word... From God, let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Father, I thank you that you have unique um, assignments for all of us. You have uh, seasons that you want to take us into. Lord, you, you have people that you want us to reach. And God, you have plans for us. So Father, open our hearts tonight to receive those promises, those words, to walk in faithfulness like a good steward to them. Lord, we do not, like Will said earlier, we don't want to just come to church. We're, we're not a church goer. We're a Jesus follower. We're, we're a brother and sister of Jesus, a child of God. And so, God, I thank you that you're speaking. Open our hearts to receive and to walk in obedience. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Well, I, and again, I don't have slides like I usually prepare for Sundays, and so hopefully you just take out some, some good notes, all right? So if you've got a smartphone, grab that, go to your notes app, iPad, or notepad, and I want you to jot down a few things. So first of all, what do I mean by a word from God? Well, I, I want this to be, it, it can be very general, okay? Because I don't just mean a prophetic word. When I say word from God, it's a picture in your future or someone else's future. And tonight, I'm not so much teaching on prophecy or how to prophesy. I'm not really doing that. I'm talking about what you do when you receive a word directly from the Lord or through a person. In fact, let me start by saying that a word, I want you to redefine that. To me, often a word is an assignment. And we like to, for some reason, we have this kind of habit, I've noticed, in 
uh, charismatic world or AG, evangelical, whatever you want to call it, where we say a word, I'm just going to put that on the shelf and, you know, if it comes, if it comes true, it was God. How many of you guys have ever heard that? All right, that's not in the Bible, just so you know. So I've been processing this and praying through this and, and trying to discern, God, what do you want me to do? I've, all, I've always had that desire. Guys, I remember even in, in Bible college, in particular at Luke 19, I remember writing down, Lord, make me the good steward. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I'll, I'll obey it, whatever you say, whatever you say. How many is with me on that, right? Because I, I want to get to heaven and he say, well done, good and, you know what I'm saying? I don't want him to say, you showed up for church. Right? I want him to be like, well done, right, my son, right? Well done, good and faithful servant. So a word can be many things. A word, I'm going to say these quickly, and then I'm going to come back to them and just briefly define them. A dream, a vision, a picture in your mind while you're awake. Careful while driving, while you're having a vision, just saying. Prophecy. Someone shares a word with you. A twice confirmed prophecy. I'll give you these again in a minute. Unexpected. Let's not make a list that leaves the unknown off the list. <laughs> I'll tell you a story later about that. A word that comes through an unexpected a gift. I've had somebody give me a tangible gift that was a word. It was a word in a gift. Those are awesome. I've only had two of those, but they're cool. Uh, and then lastly, a thought. It's just a thought. It's just an idea. It's a little nudge from the spirit. But in your mind, it's a, it's a word. There's a word connected to it. So let's, let's go back. A dream. A dream while sleeping. You say, Pastor Jordan, do you have scripture for all this stuff? Yes, I do. Joel chapter 2. Jo <laughs> he, he, he thought that was really funny. All right, here we go. Joel chapter 2. I will have a joke later, though, that you could laugh at. You go for it. All right, here we go. Joel chapter 2. <laughs> I love you. All right, here we go. I'm going to read a, a bit of this. I'm going to start at verse 23. Be glad, O children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain. The early and latter rain as before. The threshing floors will be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. This is a promise about your future. Come on. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. By the way, when you prophesy or when someone prophesies to you, sometimes you can prophesy as scripture. And I learned that from Sarah Bowling. And uh, I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's how she started prophesying. Her mentor had said, hey, just ask God to give you a scripture for somebody. And then every person she would randomly see, she'd give them a scripture and they'd say, did you know that's my life scripture? And it just happens all the time. Super cool. Sorry, interrupted myself. Here we go. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. I love that. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is no one else and my people shall never again be put to shame. You see, you know, God wants to remove the shame. That's, that's the gospel. Come on, right? He removes the shame. We're going to come back to that with Jesus' first miracle in a minute. But verse 28, it shall come to pass. So he's talking about this blessing. I wanted to preface this because he's talking about a time in life when Jesus, this is before Christ had, had visited the earth, right? But He's describing a time that now we live in. Look at this. It shall come to pass, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That includes our children. 
We're going to pray for kids tonight. Everybody say all flesh. Your sons and your daughters. Right? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Dreams. God can give you a word in a dream. I have so many stories I want to share tonight. And I, uh, for the sake of time, I can't share them all. But I want to share maybe just one or two about dreams. I never had God speak to me in dreams until the last uh, two years. I, I just never had that happen. I always had a, a vision of being, you know, while I'm awake, I'd see something. But in, in a dream. Do you know God is so faithful that last summer I was really struggling with the decision. I asked God, I literally asked the staff, I, I, I went home in the middle of the afternoon, it was 3 o'clock, and I said, Lord, I'm going to lay down and take a nap, and I'm going to ask you to give me a dream. <laughs> Do you know he was so kind he did it? I am not kidding. I woke up and I was like, that's amazing. I did. Will, I woke up, I was like, I can't believe that just, I can't, it was like, I can't believe God answers my prayer, even though he's answered a thousand, right? But it, I just was shocked, because I'm not, I'm not that guy that wakes up with a dream. Is this a God dream? And God helped me with, with something, right? And God wants to help you. He wants to speak to you. It is normal for you to hear the voice of God. Can I say that again? What's abnormal is for you not to hear the voice of God. Think about my kids. What if my kids never heard my voice? Who thinks that'd be a little weird? This is off script, so I'm trusting this is the Holy Spirit. Who thinks that would be weird if my kids didn't know the tone of my voice? Mm, right? You see, if I walked in a room and Ray and Will and Carrie all walked in a room and we started talking, do you think my kids would know which voice is mine? Right away. Why? They hear it all the time. Come on, you're supposed to be hearing the voice of God all the time. And I bet, not I bet, I know you're actually hearing the voice of God a lot. A lot more than you know. So prophecy, second one. Actually, I missed one, did I? Yeah, visions, pictures in your mind while you're awake. This, that's the one that happens to me the most. So what can a word be? A word can be a dream. It could be a, a vision. Let me go back to dream for a minute. Can I go back to dream for a minute? I had a dream uh, a few months ago. And when I woke up, I told Danielle that was a God dream. I know it was a God dream. And I described this, this uh, home that I walked into. I described the person who walked me into the home. Guys, are you okay if I get a little, little weird tonight? Is anybody okay with that? Don't, don't look at me and be like, stick to Leviticus. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just telling you. I mean, hey, I love the Old Testament. Go OT. But I, I, I love the New Testament too. <laughs> love. All right. Here we go. So I, I tell her, I'm like, I don't have a clue what it means. But I know that was a God dream. A month later, I'm living out the dream. I'm walking into this house and I'm like, like time stood still. It was exactly what I dreamed. This big white house, brick house, wood pillars tall blonde guy walking me in. And I said, oh, Lord, what are you doing? And we know, how many of you know when the Lord's trying to speak to you and you're like, I know you're speaking, but I don't know what you're saying yet. Right? 
And then a month later, I got the interpretation for the dream. And this last week, I got the purpose for the dream. Powerful. And the purpose of the dream was connected to something I've been praying for about three years. But God gave me a dream about this just three months ago. God wants to speak to you and give you a word, many words, that give you courage. We'll come back to the purpose of it in a minute. But let's keep going. What else can be a word? Prophecy, someone shares a word with you. I'm still blown away by a word that Will gave me one time about the church plants and a wheel and this one wheel. It's just crazy. And it's exactly, it's just crazy. The, will is a prophesying machine, okay? So if you're ever just down, just call him. You know what I mean? Just having a bad day. Hey, Will. How you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> Got anything to say to me? No, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not how it works. But <laughs> that is not part of the teaching. Delete that from the recording. But prophecy, right? So someone shares something specific with you. About a month ago, I was, I was right about to preach, and this, this uh, young lady stood out to me on the left. Maybe some of you remember this. And I said, when you were 12, you felt unpicked for the team. She starts doing this. I said, but God says you're on my team and you're a daughter of the king. I pick you, my team. Quit going to the past. You're on my team. So I go talk to her afterwards. I said, what did that mean? She goes, I just had such a hard time when I was 12. I was left out. And now I'm in ministry. I'm in Bible college. I'm in my fourth year of Bible college. And on my back I have tattooed daughter of the king. I was like, what? What? It's crazy. Crazy. And she's like, and I keep thinking about when I was a kid. I keep thinking about that lady or lately. And I said, well, God's removing those thoughts and is reestablishing your identity. See, that's what prophecy, that's what a word does. It, it comes you back to the true definition of who you are. Come on, you're a, you're, you're a daughter, you're a son of the king. And he reminds you of what he thinks about you with a word. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians in a little bit if you want to turn there and put a... a a little marker there, 1 Corinthians 14, we'll go there near the end. Twice confirmed prophecy. Why do I say that? Because one of the things I do is if someone gives me a word and I test it, and I'm going to tell you what to do with the word in a minute. We're just first describing what can be a word. One of the ways I test it is when it's confirmed twice to me. And the reason I do that is because in, in the law, and Jesus fulfills the law. He doesn't abolish the law. Jesus fulfills the law. So there's many times when Jesus fulfills the law just for fun, just, just to kind of like, I want to say mess with them, but they know he's the fulfillment of the law. So he goes to the mount uh, with Peter, James, and John. And what? There's two witnesses. There's Moses and Elijah, which that's a representation of the fulfillment of the prophets and the law. Moses is the law. Elijah is the prophets. Jesus is both. Come on. He fulfills it all. And so there's two witnesses there. At Mary's tomb, or at Jesus' tomb, Mary comes. What is there? There's two angels. And so in the law, in the Torah, there's this one uh, kind of a constituency or a protocol, if you will, that says a thing shall be confirmed by two witnesses. Um, and so I just think it's, it, it's neat to me. Again, I, I don't just change my entire life on a word, but I do make some decisions. And some people may not agree with this. This is just, this is just your pastor. I'm just saying this is what I do is sometimes I do make a decision based on a word when it's confirmed twice to me. And I already feel the first one confirmed it. I already felt it resonate in my spirit. The second time God says, I'm trying to talk to you. Right? So I want us to be faithful to do what God has asked us to do and become what God has asked us to become. Uh, yesterday, Greg, Pastor Greg, shared a word with me 
that was something I've received a few times. And when you said it, I received it, Greg. So I said, yes, Lord. You start, he started talking about finances for the crazy dreams that God would provide and, and it'd be just like this. And I was like, yes. And it was so similar to what I'd received many times before, right? And I'm not going to lie. Lately, I've been a little scared. So I was like, I needed that. Okay. Anybody ever been scared? I turned to your neighbor and said, don't be scared. You have to say it like that. I have no idea why. Uh, unexpected. A word can be something that I can't put in my list. How many of you guys know I can't make a list that's uh, comprehensive, <laughs> right? Sometimes God will just give you a word through something, through an experience that is connected to a picture of your future. Lastly, a thought. It's an idea. It's just God speaking to you. You're in prayer. You're opening your Bible. You're reading. And sometimes one word pops off the page. Right? Come on. Is it just me and Will? Anybody else? I had something crazy. Well, man, I just have so many stories I want to tell you. I'll save that one. Should I? All right. I will. Dude, I will. You pull it right out of me, Ray. <laughs> Seriously. I... I was like, where's that name? Because I had, I had, I had, I was praying on this property. You guys know the story. I was praying on this one property, and I started praying for this boy named Elias. And I'm like, well, why am I praying for Elias? I don't know why, but I started praying for Elias. I'm walking, and there's a name tag, Elias. I freak out. I freak out, guys. There's traffic going by, and I'm like, I pick it up, and I'm like, I am, like, blown. Has anybody ever just... God just like, I turn it over and there's 777 on the back. Now I'm like, what is, what is happening? I thought an angel was just going to come down and just be like, I don't know what's going to happen. Now, this is the weirdest thing. About two months ago, I'm just going to tell Ray since you've asked me. You, you want to hear the story? Everybody else, you're just along for the ride. I don't even know if you're here. Me and you, Ray. So this is what happened. So I go get that, that, that th tag is in this one Bible, this gray Bible in my house called the Jesus Bible. And I'm looking at it, I'm remembering this with the Lord. And the Lord's like, yeah, I was speaking to you. I will provide. And Elias means Jehovah will provide. And I'm like freaking out. And then I flip open. <laughs> this is crazy. I flip open my Bible to just put it somewhere. I just went like this, right? I just... And it landed, I think it was Numbers 12. It was somewhere in Numbers. And it, the, the footnote on the side, it says, sometimes the Lord gave property to the Israelites. And I was like. And I literally, Ray, and everybody else, I don't even care if you're here. This is me and Ray. Ray, I was like, I stood up. I was like, what? How? That's a lot of pages in the Bible that my thumb just happened. And so now I'm saying, all right, Lord, I will believe you for that property. Because, see, here's what a word does. A word lifts your courage to say, yes, Lord. Because before the word, you can be like, I don't know. I don't know if he can do it. But then you get a word, and then you get that word again, and then you get that word again, and someone calls you, and someone texts you, right? And then you flip open the Bible, and it's the, it's the thing. It's the thing. Anybody else crazy? Is it just me and Kara? Anybody else crazy? Come on, raise your hand. You too, Steve. I love all you crazies. All right. You hearing God. So what does it do? What is the purpose? The purpose of, re of receiving a word from the Lord, whether it's just this rhema word or like any of those five or six things we talked about, what's the purpose? It, it can be summarized like this. 
It's first to encourage you. Courage. Everybody say courage. It, it gets you to trust him more. Guys, the basis of every relationship is trust. Every relationship. You, you have trust be uh, severed and the relationship is severed, right? Or, or, or tarnished. And if, you, if trust is broken enough times, then it's severed. God wants to rebuild your trust in him. That's good. I'll just amen myself. Amen, Jordan. That was awesome. The second purpose, so it's to encourage you. The second purpose is to advance the kingdom. Right? So it's to encourage you and expand the kingdom or advance the kingdom. And I've got some scriptures I'll give you for that again later. You can look at 1 Corinthians 14. He talks about it. It builds up. Builds up his church. Builds up. So let me just kind of, I want to. I want to illustrate that for you. I got this uh, Facebook message just a couple weeks ago. And this is, listen to what she did with the word. Uh, she said, hey, I just want to encourage you. She said, three years ago at an Immerse, you came up to me and you said, hey, I want to encourage you. You have a, a teacher anointing, a teacher gift. And what everybody else says is very difficult will be a joy to you. And she goes, I want you to know now I teach special ed at the school, and I love it. She goes, it makes no sense. She goes, I'll work an eight-hour day with, with special ed kids, and I, I have all the joy and energy in the world. And she goes, you know, and I thought of your word when the opportunity uh, came about. And that's what a word does. It gives you faith, right? Pretend, pretend uh, this is the word. I get this word. I'm like, oh, interesting. I don't know what all this means, but I've got this. Sometimes it's three months. Sometimes it's three years. An opportunity comes up and the Lord goes. Right? Anybody get it? Are you getting it? Turn to your neighbor and say, did you get that? Okay. And the Lord says, remember that word. Remember that promise. And suddenly you have courage. All right, so now I'm going to tell you what to do with the word. Now we know what a word is. What's, what to do? Where to go? Number one, hear the word. You say, uh, it's a bit obvious. I'm going to point out to you that's not obvious. Right? Hear the word. Number two, test the word. Number three, believe the word. Number four, obey the word. Okay, so say this with me. Hear, test, believe, obey. Let's say it one more time because this is the whole sermon right here. Hear, test, believe, obey. What do I mean by hear? If I don't position myself to hear, I will not hear. If the, the other day, last Saturday, I was in the same room with Danielle so I could hear her talking. So I could hear her ask me, hey, what are we, got, what are we doing today? I said, nothing. She's like, oh, I got a plan. I need you to paint the house. I need you to cut down a tree. And I said, I do not receive that word. It does not resonate with my spirit. <laughs> How I many know I'm not an idiot, you know? <laughs> happy wife, happy life, right? I said, yes, dear, right? I've been trained wisely by Mark, right? And my mentors say, whatever she says, right? Okay. So I said, okay. I wasn't real enthusiastic. But then when I got the chainsaw going, I got excited because it makes me feel more like a man. How I many know what I'm talking about? I'm like, ah. And then I got really tired after like four minutes because these arms. But anyway. Um, why did I tell you that? Oh, yeah. I 
<laughs> that was really embarrassing. I could not hear the word unless I was in the room with her. There's a lot of people here, I'm preaching the choir right now, but just hear the message. There's a lot of people that won't hear a word tonight because they're not in the room tonight. A lot of people don't, won't hear a word from the Lord in the devotion time because they don't set aside time for the devotion time. So first you've got to hear the word. Imagine all the things the disciples experienced from Jesus because they were with Jesus. Come on, you got to hear the word. you got to position yourself. you got to say, you have a special service. You have a night, you have, on a Tuesday night, we're just going to come seek God and see what we're doing. I'm there. Right? you got to say, I'm going to position myself. I'm going to open my Bible early in the morning before my day gets going, and I'm going to say, what do you want to say to me? you got to hear the word. Number two, you got to test the word. Faith comes by hearing, but then you gotta, you got to say, Lord, what do you want? Is this, is this from you? Is this from you? And is, is all of it from you? Because we see in part, we know in part. I'm, I'm not going to go all, all those scriptures right now. But number three, believe the word. Believe the word. Believe that Jesus can do it. Believe it. And number four, obey the word. So I want you to look at John chapter 2. John chapter 2. We're going to look at Jesus' first recorded miracle. And I did not find this in the other gospels. I noticed this uh, today or yesterday that this is, uh, I think, just in, in John. And it says that this is his first recorded miracle. On the third day, John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, uh, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Which is, <laughs> you know, how many, it's kind of like when your wife says, you know, the house has no paint on the left side. She didn't say, can you paint the house? She's just making a statement. And if you're smart, you'll go get yourself a paintbrush. Can I get an amen? So that's what she said. I don't know why I keep coming back to that. I love you, honey. All right. So I did paint the house, by the way. It's awesome. It looks great. That's what us guys do. Any other guys do that? Dude, I put the silverware away, and I'm like, honey, I did the dishes. It's for you. And she always says, why do you tell me? I don't tell you the stuff I do. I don't know why we do that. Anyway, so all guys do that. I've discovered that. All guys do that, which, thank God, it's not just me. All right, so Mary says they have no wine. You know, like, hey, this is your problem. Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? Now, this is kind of funny. His mother says, do whatever he tells Hey, Jesus, hey, son, they have no wine. I think that he had created some wine back at the house, my personal opinion. Because Mary's like, do something. So he says, do whatever he uh, tells you to the servants. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish, Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. Now, everybody say, full stop. Water ain't wine. Come on. Water ain't wine. And this is a big part of what you do with the word. Often, not seldom, often the word sounds illogical. Let me say that again. Often the assignment sounds illogical. Fill the jars with water. Can you imagine the servants? This is a bad idea. Does he not know in Jewish culture, if you run out of wine, it's embarrassing. It brings shame to the entire family 
for the rest of their life. It's a big deal. So Jesus' first miracle was returning dignity to a family. Come on. Wow, right? But he, how does he do it? He says, fill it up with water. They filled it up to the brim. And he said, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So in Logos, this Bible software I use, I click Master of the Feast, and I'm studying this, and basically it just means MC, Master of Ceremonies, that they would schedule what we would call an MC or like a DJ at a reception, right? He's the guy with a microphone. He's, he's kind of orchestrating things and saying now you can, you know, cut the cake and this and that, and they bring it to him. That's the Master of the Feast. Now, I want you to think about this. I've read this story many times, and I never thought about it till today as I was rereading it. When those servants were taking the water, this is a bad idea, 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 right? Think a picture of that. Because it is not turned, they don't know if it's turned to wine or I don't think it had turned to wine yet. Take the water to the, oh, this is so dumb. I'm going to get fired, 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 I'm done. Pink slip, here it comes, right? And the master of the feast, you know the story, dips his ladle in and says, this is the best wine. Usually the bad wine is saved for at the end when people are tipsy and, and near drunk, but this party is different. They have saved the best for last. Can you imagine the servants like, it was a good idea, it was a good idea, high five, high five. We're the ones who brought the jars. It was us, right? By the way, I love Jesus always includes the servants. Oh, come on, somebody write that down. That wasn't in my notes. Jesus always includes the servants. That could be a whole message right there. So Mary knew Jesus could do it. The servants believed. They obeyed. And what happened? Somebody say miracles. Why, do, why does the American church not experience as many miracles? We experience miracles, but why do we experience not as many? I think, I think maybe we don't believe, we don't position ourselves. I think sometimes we don't believe. And I think sometimes we, we hear it, but we don't obey. Because it sounds too illogical. I say you got to get rid of that thing right here, your frontal cortex, whatever you want to call it, that is stopping you from saying yes to God. I don't know who that's for. I love what Brian Simmons said at a recent sermon. I was at a pastor's event a week or two ago, and I love this. He said, we should ask three questions. Why is, what is Jesus up to? Where is he going? And am I going with him? What is Jesus up to? Where is he going? And am I going with him? You're in a restaurant. Look around. Jesus, what are you up to? Oh, that one. That lady, you're working on that lady. How can I partner with you in that? Oh, you want me to leave her a really big, oh, tip. Oh, that, that tip is too big, Lord. Maybe I shouldn't have asked you. He says, no, leave her that tip. And then you leave her that tip and she says, how did you know? Come on. So Jesus' first miracle was to restore joy and dignity to a family about to be subject to shame. By the way, they had extra wine. One of the things I want to say throughout the sermon is this. Sometimes when Jesus provides an answer to your miracle through a word and then you obey it, he gives you more than you asked for. 
He gives you more than you ask for. Don't believe me? Turn to Luke chapter 9. Look at this. Luke chapter 9. I'm not going to wait for you to turn there. I'm just going to go. On their return, the apostles told all what they had done. And Jesus looked at them and withdrew to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned about it, they followed him and he welcomed them. And he spoke to them of the kingdom of God. And he cured. Everybody say cured. He cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away into the surrounding villages and the countryside to find lodging and get something to eat. We're here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. How many of you guys realize, like, the disciples got a little snarky every now and then. We're just going to go buy food for all you know. This, they're they're not they're not thinking that's going to work. There were about five thousand men, so this could easily be fifteen to twenty five thousand people. He said to his disciples, "Have them sit down in groups of about fifty. and they did so, and he had them all sit down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd, and they all ate. And we're satisfied. Now, wait a minute. What happened between verse 16 and 17? And anybody else feel like what happened? Okay, let's back up. He took the loaves. Everybody say five loaves. Two fish. He blessed it. He gave it to the disciples. So there's still, that's still just a little bit of bread. But they all ate and were satisfied. By the way, guess how many baskets were left over? One for each disciple. God always has leftovers. He not only wants to bless people through you, he wants to bless you. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. Sometimes when Jesus answers your prayer, I want to say it again, he gives you a word, you obey it, and he provides a miracle more than you ask for. Jesus always wants to include us. He, God not only wants to prove his goodness to you, he wants to prove his goodness through you. Everybody say through you. And this is what receiving a word is all about because what? You are the imprint of Jesus on the earth. So you are revealing the goodness of God wherever you go. And people need a word. People need encouragement. People are craving a word from the Lord. Trust me, they're cra- they may not say, I need a word from the Lord, but they're feeling despondent. They're feeling that need, right? Lost people, they need the hope of Jesus. And a lot of times, by the way, a lot of times a prophetic word is uh, a key that opens their heart to salvation. I've seen it many times. Will's told me many stories about that too. Sometimes you, you oh, think about the woman at the well. You've actually had five husbands or you've had X amount, you know. Oh, I see. Wait, who are you now? Oh, I'm the living, right? She gets saved on the heels of what? A word. I want to tell you about Chris. I have so much I want to share. I won't get through because we're going to pray for people tonight. And God's going to, God's just going to bless. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're ready. Listen. I want to tell you a couple stories from other people, too. I, I uh, listened to a pastor about four or five months ago, six months ago, maybe. I can't remember when. Uh, in the last year, I'll say. His name is Pastor Chris Beard. He wrote this book called um, Remarkable. 
And it was a fan, it's just a fantastic book about racial reconciliation and what the church's job is to do with these societal issues and how we, we need to be leading this diverse church and not be so, so, so segregated. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize this, Sunday between 10 and 12 is the most segregated time by race in the entire week, Sundays, 10 to 12. And so God had put this burden on his heart, but check this out. God, somebody prophesied to him, you're supposed to write a book about the diversity of the church, and then a second person prophesied to him about it. So that, he shared with the pastors, he said, that's when I knew I, I have to do, this is an assignment. And I thought, oh, that's how I think too. And so I want you to hear that. A lot of times a word, you're praying about it, stirring your heart, but you don't know what to do yet. You don't know how soon you should get started, but then suddenly God says it again. How many knows he's trying to get your attention? Check this out. It was a year later, he writes the book, a year later, George Floyd, his town. Breonna Taylor, his town. So his city is on fire, but he's been creating these, these moments with the police, with different people in the community, and guess what? They all turn to Pastor Chris because he's already been starting reconciliation. How beautiful is that? How many of you know God is really smart? It's almost like he knows what he's doing. And that's what a word does. Because guess what? He told, he told us, pastors, he said, the first time I thought I'm supposed to write this book, he's like, I, I, don't, I can't do that. I don't have enough time to do that. I can't do it. But then when he heard it again, the Lord said, I'm asking you to do that. Again, a word is often an assignment. Why? To advance the kingdom of God. Because all of those meetings and that, and that book, now that book has gone all over the U.S. and served as um, a great teaching tool for that, how to get started with that in your city. It's amazing. It all started with what? A word. Now you might say like, okay, the apostles, the disciples handed out all that bread and all that fish and it just miraculously, you know, fed this 15, this 20,000 people. That was then, that was then and this is now. See, Pastor Jordan, what you have to understand is the miracle stopped when the disciples died. Didn't you learn that in seminary? No, I did not. That is not what we believe because that is not what the Bible says. Nowhere in the Bible will you find the idea of cessationism, that, that the, it, the gifts ceased, that miracles ceased when the disciples died. You will not find that. What you will find is to the next generation, Acts, right? You'll find Joel chapter 2, your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren. You'll see Acts 28 ends and it just just ends. There's no conclusion. Why? You are Acts 29. I am Acts 29. We are living out the church that the Holy Spirit birthed on the day of Pentecost. We're living out the kingdom of God, experiencing the miraculous, right? And, and how many of you would just say, you know what? I haven't experienced the miraculous in the last few months, the last few years, but you know what? Just nod with me if you're like, I want to. I want to. I want to live in, in this state of hearing from God and then obeying. Okay, first, let's see if you remember it so far. You got to hear. Hear, right? Number two, believe or say believe. Number three, obey. Exactly what he said, no more, no less. Right? Obedience part is the hard part. The obedience part is the die to self part. Can I just say that? We all want a word from God. 
until that word causes us to pick up our cross. We all want a, a word from God until we realize the same Holy Spirit that gives us a word is the same Holy Spirit that says, go apologize. Oh, now it's getting quiet. You guys okay? It's the same Holy Spirit that last, last week I was a little bit harsh with one of my kids. One of my kids was, you know, talking back and I, was, I, I, start, I raised my voice when I, I got angry. This, this one in particular kept talking back. And so I had to go back and apologize. I said, you know, I got loud and I, I, didn't, I should not have got, I should have been more gentle. I need you to forgive me. You guys realize that's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that will uh, help me write a sermon. It's the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit will say, I think you should serve in the nursery. Somebody said, no, that is not the Lord. Yes, it is. I'll just leave that where that is. Okay. You say, well, that was not delightful. Okay. We all want a word from the Lord until we discover the word's going to cost us. My obedience to words have cost me way more than I wanted to pay. But when I step out and obey and I feel the Father's smile, I get to this point where I realize all I want is the Father's smile. Because when I enter heaven, all of those other people aren't going to be there. It's just going to be me and Jesus. And I want Jesus to say, well done, good and faithful servant. A word is going to cost you if you step out and obey it. Guys doing okay. A word is going to cost you at times. Sometimes it costs you, it costs you nothing. It costs you 30 seconds of your time. Sometimes it costs you, uh, I, I remember this one, this one time I was, at a, I was at the BP, or now it's a um, Circle K, but it was a BP there at the corner of 46 and 5. And I'm just pumping my gas. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, give that money, be, uh, be, give the man behind you whatever cash is in your wallet. And I mean, it was very clear. And I was like, anybody just, I'm not in the mood, Lord. You know, like, it's not like Bethel's playing right now. You know, there's no synth pad, Will. You know what I'm saying? Like, just <laughs> gas. And, but I heard the Lord. So I turned around and I said, you know, this sounds crazy. I just want to give you all, just whatever's in my wallet. I think it was only like 40 bucks or 60 bucks or something. And I just gave to I just said, hey, I just, you know, God will provide. And he goes, how did you, did you know I lost my job today? And this whole morning I've been telling God, how are you going to pay for things? And I just can't believe, he just breaks down. I'm like, whoa, I was not expecting this, you know. But what God knew, what he needed, cost me like $40 and a little bit of obedience. Right? A word. You just obey, just, just do it. That's what this sermon should be called, Nike. It should just be just, just do it. <laughs> you know? Just fill the jars with water. Don't overthink it. It's not wine. Stop explaining to God what he already understands. He knows it's not wine yet. He does the miracle after you obey. Come on. I'm preaching to myself. I'm about to get saved up in here. Okay, last thing. Look at Luke 7. For the sake of time, I'm just going to summarize this real quick. Just, if you're taking notes, you can just jot down Luke 7. Jesus had uh, finished 
teaching, and a centurion had a servant who was sick at the point of death. He was highly valued. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent the elders to him asking to heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him, listen, he is worthy, which is, this is so cool. Listen to this. He is worthy because he built our synagogue. You have to understand, what they're saying is he's a wealthy man. Please heal his servant. We have a good relationship with him. We would like to continue having a good relationship with him. You know, see how they think transactionally? Jesus doesn't think transactionally, by the way. You might think transactionally. He did this for me, so I should do this for you. Jesus doesn't think, he just loves you no matter what. He just loves you. He just gives, he just loves you. And so they're thinking transactionally, and he says, well, he is worthy to have this, and he's the one who built our synagogue, and Jesus went to them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy. Oh, I love that. They said he is worthy. What does he say? I'm not worthy. That's why he's worthy. I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I don't presume to come to you. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. I feel the presence of God so strong in here. He says, just say the word. And I love this. Look what he says. I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled. Turning to the crowd, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I ever found such faith. By the way, we don't know if he's a Christian yet. Let that mess with your theology. Is he a Christian? Is he a follower of Jesus? Has he repented of his sins yet? I don't know. I just know that Jesus says, I haven't seen faith like he believes completely. He says, Jesus, all you got to do is say it. You don't even need to come to my house. Just say it because I know you have authority. Because why? He says, I understand authority. Wow, come on. Stand up to your feet. I just feel like we're supposed to close right now. And we're going to go into, not close, but close the sermon part. But listen. If you got notes, if you're taking notes, just write down 1 Corinthians 14. <clears throat> and I want to ask Will and uh, Christine to come up. They're going to help me with something. We're going we're gonna, to uh, just pray and prophesy to some of you. I'm going to call this popcorn prophecy. We're going to give just like two-minute words to you. And I know you, we know you guys. And on the way here, I was telling Danielle, and we were talking like, you know, it's kind of funny when you know everybody in the room. And I said, well... Here's the thing, though. Three years ago when I became pastor, I remember I was sitting right there, and I was thinking, no joke, I was thinking, oh, I need, I'm going to go prophesy to that person. And then logic kicked in, and here's what I thought. Well, they know that I know them, so I'm not going to. Will walks off the stage in typical Will form, and he says, hey, if you feel you want to prophesy to someone, don't think if you know them that you shouldn't prophesy. And I was like, are you, for real? I mean, just read my mail, like word for word. And I'm like, why you got to convict me like that, you know? And so, so then I just went ahead and prophesied and encouraged them and it meant the world to them. And so don't overthink, don't just put your hand on your head and just say stop. Right? I'm not saying, yes, we need to love God with all our minds. Look, I read, I study, I listen to Tim Keller and everybody, I, I read all the time, I study, I train my mind all the time. So I'm not saying we don't love God with our mind. We do love God with our mind. But sometimes your mind gets in the way of your miracle. And you need to say, Lord, even if I know somebody, if you're telling me something to say to them, to encourage them, I want to be obedient to that. 
and what are you going to do with it? Now, because when we give you this word, whatever it is, because I don't know what I'm going to say. Will, do you know what you're saying? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. But you might say, um, well, I'm just going to put that on the shelf. Don't put it on the shelf. The Lord convicted me of that a few years ago. I have some stories I wanted to share with you, but it's already 8. We don't have time. Let me just say this. I stopped doing that shelf thing about, about six years ago. And I started asking God, what do you want me to do? Because I, I got all these promises from you. And I felt the Lord said, do this. Can I give you just one example just to stir your faith? Come on, just to stir your faith. I, w- I remember I went up. You guys can be praying and asking God for what do you want to say. So put them on the spot. I just asked them this a couple hours ago. They love working with me. So I went up to this, uh, to, to the prayer line, and Jan Painter was up there. She's this prophetic voice, and, and she reads my mail. I mean, I'll never forget it. She goes, you have 10 albums, and you sing in the back of trailers. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, God says that means so much to me. And I'm like, yes, Lord. And it encouraged me, just like we talked about. Gave me courage. It confirmed, right? So prophecy, a word, it's either going to confront, it's going to comfort or confirm or encourage. So say this with me. Confront, comfort, um, confirm, or encourage. Or sometimes do two or three of those. Or sometimes, if they're really on a roll, all four. <laughs> and sometimes God will confront something in you, you know, in, in a fun, playful way that nobody else in the room understands, but you know. Right? So anyway, she says, she, she says all this, and it's very confirming. And I'm like, yes, Lord, wow. you know. And, she, and God, God's like, this means so much to me when you do this and you've done that. And the Lord says, I'm giving you keys to multiple properties and multiple this, and I'm bringing finances. And I'm like, oh. And that, that, that was all forth telling, forth telling what's coming in the future. So now I'm praying about it at home, and I felt like the Lord said, drive around. I'm like, where? Right? Where? So I just started driving through Cortland, driving through Warren. And then my eyes just really liked this one house, right? So I started listening to podcasts about real estate. This is, this is about uh, seven years ago. So long story short, we took out a, a loan and risk. Everybody say risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And I'm like, all right, Lord, this is scary because we don't have this money. We're going to take out a loan. And you know what? God just so provided couple months after the after the tenant was there, he offered to buy the house. We got a great return on investment. I listened to more podcasts, got another house. Listened to more podcasts, got another house. We started a business called King's Home Properties. A couple weeks ago, withdrew funds from that because the vision of King's Home Properties is buy a home, give a home. It's for orphan care. So I brought took money out of it to, to do orphan care. And it just made me smile. I was a little, little teary-eyed in the bank, <laughs> you know. I was like, thank you, Lord. Because it had been like a six-year journey. Come on. Sometimes your journey from a word is, is takes a while. But just step out and say yes. All right? And so after we do this for a little bit, we're going to have the prayer team available. And I want you to just have an open heart. All right? And so here's what I want to Before we even do this, I want you to close your eyes. Maybe just open up your hands. And I want to ask you, what already has the Lord said to you? Because I imagine that for some of you, the Lord has already given you a word. Just a little picture of your future. For some of you, it's a teaching gift. I look out, I see two of you that come to mind that's a teaching gift. Yeah. 
And you know that in the near future, you're going to start teaching more. For others, it's a word about your children. For others, it's this or that. And there's something the Lord has given you. There's something you wrote down in a journal. There's something. There's a promise. There's a word. And God, I believe tonight, is going to encourage you. He's going to confirm. He's going to confront. And he might even call forth something out of you that you don't know. All right, look up here. I want to give you three quick rules. We're not going to go through all the things in our prayer meeting, prayer time training, but I do want to say a couple things. Number one, we will not embarrass you. We don't do that. We won't call out your sin. When you read 1 Corinthians 14, it says the secrets of their heart, as Solomon prophesies, everybody's encouraged, the secrets of their heart are laid bare, and he will fall on his face and worship God. That word secrets means gold. Everybody say gold. God sees the gold in you. He sees the amazing things in you, and he will call that forth. Number two, our motive is only love. So if we're saying we think God has this for you, it's, it's, it's love. Amen? All right. Let's just pray. Just open up your hands. God, we love you. And I'm just going to, again, open this mic to one of my two friends here and just, just going to go as the Holy Spirit gives us encouragement for you. And we're going to try to keep it about two minutes so we can get to a bunch of you. We'll start with Kara. Can you just reach your hands towards Kara? Is it Kara or Kiera? Kara? Okay, I don't know why I always mess with that in my head. I don't know, I just, when I saw you, I saw, I saw a rainbow. And the Lord says, my promises for you have not changed. And they're very colorful. And some of them, so they're different. And then I just, see, I see the Lord saying, there's multiple layers to these promises and they're all different shades but it's the same big promise it's my promise it's my it's my covenant of faithfulness to you the lord says a lot of people when they drive like when you drive down the road and you and a lot of people can see the rainbow they'll even you'll even see like you'll open facebook a couple hours later and what five friends posted a picture of the same rainbow right because they all saw it the lord says a lot of people see your faithfulness and it's beautiful a lot of people see what God is doing in your life, the promises being fulfilled, the covenant. I just hear this word covenant over you. His covenant for you is never going to change. And it is powerful and amazing. And it's just going to make you smile. You're just going to think, Lord, your promises, all your promises are yes and amen. So right, right here, front row, right beside Elena, yeah. Um, a couple years ago, we were. Uh, it was a Sunday, and there was a, a little girl who was missing for like three days, pretty near to here. And everyone was praying and looking, and and we couldn't, we couldn't, nobody could find her. And then supernaturally, like God had protected this little girl, 
And I think God wants to tell you tonight that you're so beautiful and that you're his. And that when you feel like sometimes if you got if you like get get forgotten or or, or kind of is is am I being noticed that God says you are mine and he's protecting you all the time, all the time. And he says, You're my beautiful daughter. And he says, you're safe with me. So when you don't feel safe, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the king of kings, the most powerful, powerful God who created everything, all the planets, everything, created you and he loves you exactly how you are. So this is a blanket prophetic word um, where I feel like God wants me to tell you this. Um, before I came tonight, um, the specific words that he gave me were be satisfied in Christ. Sit at his feet. Take a deep breath and wait. Wait on him. Soak in his beauty and glory. You are a child of the king. And what's important about this word? So when, when God speaks to me, the way he speaks to me is usually through pictures. Um, I'm a very creative person, so I'll see pictures and I'll start to ask God, what does this picture mean? Um, why, why are you showing me this? What's the, what, what's, I want more. So God will speak to me like, Lord, I want more. I don't know if that's selfish or not, but I just want more. Tell me more, Lord. Um, and that's what you need to do. You need to sit. You need to be satisfied with Christ. You need to sit at his feet. You need to be a child. You need to forget what the world is telling you. You need to forget the busyness of what you're involved in in regular daily life. And you need to sit like a child at the feet of your father. You need to ask him, Lord, what is more? Give me more. Um, I really feel like there's somebody here who... Um, says, I want to connect with that. I want to be satisfied in Christ, but I can't. I can't be satisfied in Christ. I don't know how to do that. I don't know that next step because there's a wall there. There's something going on where I can't get past it. And today God is saying you are going to be free. You are going to sit at his feet and you are going to weep. And so next time you have that quiet time with Jesus and tears start to flow, you're going to say, Jesus, that word was for me. Um, the picture that I see is, so as this was, okay, Lord, who's this for? And he was like, this is just a, this is a blanket word. There's many people that this is going to hit tonight where it's you need to sit and be satisfied in Christ. And as I saw this picture, it was an audience full of people. The crowd was packed. And then there was someone who rose up out of the middle of the people with their hands up, stretched out for the king. And that, that is you tonight. That is somebody here tonight where you're like, Jesus, I want more. I want you. Show me who you are. I am your daughter. I am your son. I am a child of the king. Give me more. And it's not selfish. He wants to give you more. You just have to sit and be satisfied in Christ. Jeremiah, reach your hands towards Jeremiah. I just, I looked over, I saw you like making a checklist. From past experiences, you said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to, like, yes, no. I'm not going to do that. I am going to do that. And I think the Lord just wants to say, I know you've experienced some hard things in some different seasons. 
but the Lord was teaching you how to become the man that you already desired to become. And it's like you said, I, I'm not going to do that. I am going to do that. I, I am, I'm not going to do that, but I am going to do that. So, Lord, I just thank you that even through, even though he went through some things, Lord, that frustrated him at times uh, with the, the past season, and I, I would even want to say two seasons, and, uh, bo yeah, both, bo both things. And it's, again, not that, not that these were, these are great people, and you know that. You, you, these, they, these people love the Lord. But there was things in your mind, you said, I even see you getting into that, I think it was a Pontiac. I even see you leaving the church, getting into that Pontiac, and just going like this. In fact, they want you to look. You didn't even start the car yet. You just thought, hmm, I'm not going to do that when I'm a pastor later. Or I'm not going to do that when I'm a leader later. And you love those guys, and I bless them, and you bless them. But you were making a list, and it's because you're teachable, and it's beautiful. And the Lord says, I am forming you into that amazing minister, that pastor that you, you want to be. You have such a sincere heart. It's so beautiful. So, God, I just bless my friend. I thank you, God, for the desire to grow and be wise and, and, and to, to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Lord, he has such a gift of honor, and I just thank you for that. I thank you that he has said, wow, yeah, the, all of these things, I'm going to take, I'm going to learn those. I'm going to repeat those things. They're some amazing things. And Father, I just want to speak over Jeremy. Just reach your hands back towards Jeremy. One of my best friends. Jeremy, I just saw you as a sponge. And I just saw you dipped into the water. And I know there's a lot of times it feels like you're really squeezed and you can't give anymore. And then I see it's like the Lord saying, but then he takes you out of the bucket and you're so full of his love and his presence. He squeezes you and he gives away his grace through you. And he squeezes that sponge and he, he just wants to tell you, Jeremy, I love that you are a sponge in my hands. He wants to say, Jeremy, I love that I can work through you. I love that you're not hard-hearted. I love that you're soft, tender-hearted. And it's like this bucket where you just think, man, Lord, I don't know if I can be squeezed again. But then he opens it, and you're filled again, and, and you're okay. You're strengthened and squeezed. And a lot of people, though, they feel the love of God even though it's costing you, they, they feel the love. And I know you want that, and that's beautiful. And God, thank you for this tender heart. Thank you for this tender warrior. Thank you for the healing he provides to so many, Lord. So many he doesn't even realize. Mr. Uh, Marshall, Dwayne, I saw you... Yep. So I was, I saw a picture of a man walking into a room and going up to a dresser and there was like a, a picture. I don't know if it's in a drawer, like, but I saw it and then I was like, Lord, who's this for? And there was like a beam of light on you. And I saw you looking at this beautiful picture. It's a good thing. And it's like, it's like something you're really proud of. It's, it's like uh, your heritage, like something, 
it's like your family and your lineage is really, really, really important to you. And you're looking at it and you're remembering, you're remembering, man, I, this, is, this is so important to me. And I, and I feel like God wants to remind you tonight and reestablish you tonight that he has his hand all over your life. And he's gonna, he's going to and is protecting your lineage and the dreams that he's put in your heart and the dreams that you really want to be a man of honor to protect others. And you want to even use the things that God gives you and even your business and things like that to, to, to glorify him. And sometimes it's felt like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to do that. And God says, because you're a man who, I just saw you right now, you are reaching out your hand, you are interceding, and you don't like being up in the front. You want to be in the back. But God says, because you're a man in the, in the back row who's praying for others, I'm going to put you in the front. And I, I just feel like he's going to really outpour his spirit on you. And, and, a, and I see a dollar sign. So, so I feel like he's going to outpour his goodness financially on you and that and that you've made even some promises some like even written some stuff down or said because of this because i i want to honor what is what i've come from that when i have the money to do it i'm going to do this and god says i'm going to give you more i'm going to give you so much and he knows you're going to be you're going to glorify him with it i'm going to piggyback prophecy uh I just got a, I just hear the number 40, and I don't know what it means, but I just want you to pray through that. I had someone one time prophesied to me the exact number of something I was praying. It was crazy. So write that down. Again, what do you do with your word? You write it down. So, so you can even record it with your phone, but write, go back. The Apostle Paul says, uh, fight the good fight. For some reason, we put that in, like, Christian movies, and we think it means run the football across the line that's not at all what it means it says according to the prophecies spoken over you guys check this out according to the prophecies comma fight the good fight so we need to we, we need to think through what, what are the prophecies uh, Steve I just looked at you and then I saw this battery and the Lord wants to say you're not dead that's all I got no really like let me continue. Uh, for real, I feel like he's like, dude, you are like a rechargeable. Like just when you think you're dead, Lord's like, and you're like, man of steel, come on. By the way, it's okay to have humor when you prophesy. Someone prophesied to me about that. It was, it was really cool. I had just prophesied and made people laugh while I was prophesying. And then my friend calls me the next day and she goes, you're like a smiling ninja. I didn't talk to this girl in 10 years. I said, what? She goes, you're a smiling ninja. You prophesy to people and you make them laugh and you're smiling, but you're breaking down strongholds and lies that they've been believing. And I'm like, how did you know that? It was crazy. Here's the thing. You think you're dead? God's like, you're not dead. You're just, you're rechargeable. So see how you just, you feel dead. Here, this is going to be a souvenir. Just put, man, that stuff gets bigger every week. Um, dude, yeah, earlier, remember I said it, a thing, a tangible thing? That's, it's a very lame gift, but that is seemingly lame. But I, I'm telling you, like, you think at times you're dead. Like, oh, I got nothing to give. And the Lord's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And he plugs you back in. It should be better than mine. So I set the bar pretty low there, so. I didn't know we were bringing gifts. Sorry. <laughs> um, Dan and Christy, can you please bring up baby Evie? Evelyn? 
I'm going to come down here on the floor. That is a big step. <laughs> oh, baby Evie. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so sometimes when you are giving a prophetic word or you're praying over somebody, you'll want to cry. <laughs> now, some people just think I'm weepy anyways, but there's something when the Holy Spirit comes over you and you're like, wow, Jesus. And it's, you know, it's not yourself because, I mean, it's like you touch, you, you can touch somebody and it feels like lightning. <laughs> it feels like lightning. It feels like you get weak and then you're like, oh, wow, like Jesus, <laughs> like you're, I can feel you here. And this little precious one, God just told me to lay my hands on her and tell you that she's a guardian angel. And she's going to be a guardian angel to all of those around her. She is going to have a circle of friends. She's going to have people that come around her, and she is going to be their guardian angel. It's There's something about the word protection that, um, that I just feel like God is protecting her life, but she's also going to step into protecting other people's lives. She's going to be one who grows strong, and people are going to see the strength, and they're going to say, wow, what is it? And, and she is going to be a prayer warrior where people don't even know she's praying, but they feel the power of God around her. And Lord Jesus, I just pray over this little beauty right now. I just pray over this word that she is a guardian angel. And Lord Jesus, I, I see protection just like, just, just in big letters, I see protection. And I pray protection over her life, but also those that she is surrounded by. There are going to be people who come to baby Evie and they are going to feel like they're not safe. They're gonna feel like they're in danger. And she, with one touch of her hand, they are going to feel the peace of God. They are going to feel like they are at home. They are going to feel like they there's like they are going to feel a safety that they've never felt before because of the power of Jesus that works through her. So, Lord Jesus, I just pray that as she grows, as as she's a toddler and toddler toddling around her house, I just pray that those those Jesus songs that their family sings, the the quiet times they have around their table, um, the different things that they do in devotions will just stay in her heart. It's going to be like. She's going to hear something, and she's going to sing something, and it's going to be locked in her heart, and it's going to come back, and she's going to be able to minister to other people because of the devotions you have now that she hears, even though you know she doesn't understand because she's just a little one. I think they understand more than we even know, um, but I do believe that that the things that she hears now and she she hears you singing and that you pray over her is going to be locked in her heart, and it's going to come back out of her mouth and it's going to come back out of her heart over people in the future, and it's going to change lives. So, Lord Jesus, we just, again, lift up baby Evie and her family. And, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for a shining light in this community and a shining light in this world. Lord Jesus, right now we just pray just complete blessings over this family and this household. We just pray protection, safety, provision like they've never seen before, Lord Jesus. We just pray that you will give Dan and Christy wisdom in the way that they raise their family. Lord Jesus, I just pray that 
as as she's a guardian angel, that she's a guardian angel in your house as well. So you pr do you pray for angels to surround your home and your property? I don't know if you do that or not, but God showed me angels around your property, around your land, and she is the angel that is inside of your home. So Jesus, bless this baby. Amen. Don't leave yet. I thank you, God. I just, that provision, Dan, I just see, I just hear the Lord just saying, uh, ask me for even more. I just hear the Lord saying, ask me for even more. Ask me for even more. He said, you set out you set out 15 jars, ask for 25. Set out 25, set out 30, I'll fill them all. Thank you, God, for the provision, the finances that are gonna come. Lord, I know that it's, it's not even a uh, huge concern to him at all. But the Lord says, hey, just ask me and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna bless you. I blessed Abraham, I'm gonna bless you. I blessed Abraham, and I am going to bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we want to, um, we really want to pray over kids tonight. And if you're a parent, if you could go grab your kiddos, because we can't just send them out for safety protocols. So if you want your kids prayed for, we're just going to bring them in, and we're going to have the prayer team come out in just a minute. But I think we're, I think we're supposed to do this for about two or three more people. Yeah, she said, can you get my kids? Grandpa, kids, kids, kids. Oh, don't leave yet. You're getting a word. Hold on. Don't leave yet. Stretch your hands towards Bruce. Bruce. I know I shared this um, yesterday, but I just see such a teacher. I just, you have, wow, I just saw something in the spirit. Um, so when I've studied um, the word, and I've seen, uh, I've, I've had to study what the ephod is. Um, I just saw that on you, covered in jewels. Wow, each jewel is more wisdom. The Lord says, your tassels, they reach the ground. The jewels, they cover your, your chest. You carry them, you carry them close to your chest. And yet when people come close enough to you, wow. The wisdom that I just got from talking with Bruce. Wow, did I need that. And God just wants to, I believe God wants to encourage you and just, he just wants to say, I love that about you. And I, there's something about these tassels. I remember once I preached about the woman with the issue of blood. And um, when she reached out, she was likely reaching out for um, his, his, his clothing, but there was this prophecy about there's healing in his wings. Well, the wings were actually, it was actually a root word that meant the tassels, come on. And I thank you, God, that there's healing in your wings, but it's on, he walks with it. And Father, that people just brush up against him and they receive healing from you. God, I thank you that he walks with this priestly anointing. Oh man, you connect people to God. And I know we're all called to be kings and priests, but there's a special touch on your life, Bruce. There is a special touch on your life as a priest. And you may say, well, I'm not in a pulpit right now or every Sunday. The Lord says, I did not say pulpit, I said priest. And even though you're not in a pulpit right now, the Lord says, I am so thankful I know it sounds so weird that God would say thankful, but I really hear the Lord say, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you are walking as a priest, as I've designed you. 
you have this humble confidence. You have a humble confidence that is the jewels of wisdom. You, you, you don't tell everybody that you have them. You just have them. And you just walk with them. And when people get close enough to you, they see it. And they're so thankful that they know you. And we bless you, Bruce. We thank you for every, every new season. We thank you for every conversation at the RV park. We thank you for every conversation. Every time that you... Every time that you ministered to people and you actually thought, boy, I don't know if that made an impact. You know what I see? I saw very clearly in my mind just now, Bruce, people going back to their RV and crying before the Lord. Why? They just met with a, a priest. They just met with a minister. They thought it was just the guy at the next RV over. But they experienced the love and the power of Jesus. And we bless you. To continue walking in that, it's beautiful. Hmm. So I saw a tie-dye shirt. And uh, I think there's... Right here. Right there. Right there. Um, so rainbow, yeah. A rainbow, obviously, we know represents the promises of God, but but at tie dye, I just see like this whirlwind of colors over your life, this whirlwind of promises, and in a rainbow, it's really easy to pick out that's this color, this color, this color, but on your shirt and over your life, I see a whirlwind of promises with colors that that you can't we that can't even be described because they're like it's almost like they're new colors that he's making it's like new promises over your life and there's promises over your life that that are are literally he created that promise for your for your life for you not for anybody else for you and he says I'm still going to fulfill those promises those crazy colors in a tie-dye rainbow-colored shirt, the promises, the tie-dye promises all over your life that are yours that other people don't even understand, the promises you're believing for that even other Christians, even maybe people you know would say you're crazy for believing them. And the Lord says they're my promises over your life, and you, my daughter, Carrie, you, they're for you. It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. His promises are true and just, and I prophesy and I speak the goodness of God over your life and over your destiny and over your call and over your heritage and over your lineage and over the generations to come and over the promises that you've sung at night. That when you you stayed up night, he says, I saw you and I caught every tear when you were at night and you were praying over your children and you were crying out to God for your children. And he said, I heard every word you said, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless you. With those promises of those colors that we can't even describe yet. But you knew in your spirit. I saw, I saw you at night crying out to God in the spirit with words and groanings of the spirit that couldn't even be put into words. And it was over your children and it was over your family. It was over, And he says, I heard them and I heard them word for word. The lady who's sitting straight out from me, um, yes, you, um, the one, yeah, standing up. This is something that is going to sound simple. I don't know if it means it sounds simple to you, God, but it's uh, you guys, but it will be something that God says is huge for your life. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May his face shine upon you and give you peace. <laughs> I want you to go home and I want you to play that song over and over and over again. Because God said that is a promise over your life. And there's something in your life, I don't know what it is or something that you've experienced. And God wants you to know that he has your life covered. So be blessed. Um, there's, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, during worship tonight, um, we were singing the song, The Goodness of God. Hmm, see, I'm weepy. <laughs> So in that song, there's a line that says, with every breath that I am able. Now let's rewind a couple years, 2019, and I, God wants me to read this to you. This is my last visit to my pulmonary specialist. <laughs> he has a bigger name than that, but... Um, he is the big lung doctor. A year and a half, I could not breathe very well. Um, there were creaking noises in my lungs. I could not walk from the couch to the bathroom without having to sit down. I wasn't able to do things with my family and with my kids. It was a year and a half. I was here at the very beginning of it when Andre came to visit. And he said, enough is enough and prayed over me. The next time that he was here, I was sitting uh, back in the section, mom way. I was sitting right about where she's at right there. And during the meeting, I felt this coldness in my lungs. It felt like I ate a whole tube of Mentos. <laughs> and I just sat, thanks Tim. <laughs> I sat there and I could just feel this. And I just kind of enjoyed it, the whole meeting. I was like, wow, Lord, I don't know what's going on in here, but something's happening. And I knew, I, I mean, if you sat by me, you're probably like, why is she breathing the way she is? But I was like, <gasps> and every time I breathed in, the creaking got less. I went home and I got on the treadmill because why not? I mean, I haven't walked in a year and a half, so why not get on the treadmill right away? Um, and I said, Lord Jesus, I sound better. I feel better. I'm going to test out this miracle. And I went half a mile. And got off the treadmill, went to bed, didn't hear any noises in my lungs. The next day, got back on the treadmill and went further than half a mile. And it was one of those things where I was like, Lord Jesus, like I waited. I mean, it was a year and a half. I know some people in here struggle, have struggled with their health longer than that. Um, for me, that year and a half, I was like, Lord, I'm just going to just wait on you because that's all I can do. I cannot do anything else. Um, my last visit, it says, the patient states that she is doing the best that she has ever done. The patient states that she had a visitor at her church who prayed over her, and all of her symptoms went away. That night, she felt the congestion, the congestion in her lungs go away. The next day, she wanted to test it, so she was on her treadmill. She's now able to run up to three miles. She does not have any shortness of breath. She stopped all of her inhalers, and yes, I had all of the inhalers. Um, she uh, does not cough, and 
if I breathe, I usually coughed right at, at the end of every breath. Uh, no chest tightness, no chest congestion. Um, I was diagnosed with eosinophilia, and it was one of those things where um, I told the doctor, I said, it is not the guy who healed me, it is God. And I said, and the funny thing is, is he prayed for me twice. The first time I wasn't healed, but the second time God decided that was the time to heal me. So I know it was not, check that out. <laughs> um, so the neat thing is, is there was a healing that happened. And to this day, I've not had one issue with my lungs. Um, so thank you, Jesus. Um, so tonight, as I'm standing up here, of course, I'm, okay, okay Lord, what, what do you have now? And I saw some shoes, and then I saw some more shoes. And is there anybody in this room who has thought or said, I just want to wear shoes again? Something about shoes, something about your feet. I see p fingers pointing where you've said, I just want to wear shoes again. You're going to wear shoes again. Um, so as I saw this, I was like, Lord, I'm not. So I believe that I was healed. And I know that, well, I, I claim God's promises. And I know that since I was healed, I know there's a healing gift that I am claiming, saying, Jesus, I want you to use me to pray for people so that they will be healed. Um, to this day, um, as I've um, had prophetic words, I've never had one specifically that said something about healing for someone. And I've always asked for, I'm like, Lord, I, want, I really want to pray and see miracles where people are being healed. I, I really want that. And tonight, as, um, as I'm seeing these pictures of shoes, it was one pair of shoes, then there was another pair of shoes. There was even a pair of high heels. I don't know if that was in your pile of shoes. <laughs> but there, there were shoes, and it was someone just wants to wear shoes again. So, Lord Jesus, can will you guys stretch your hands towards her? Lord Jesus, tonight we pray and, and we say, God, bring back the shoes. Father, we just pray right now healing. We don't know what the issue is, what the problem is with her feet or her legs, whatever it may be. But her heart has a simple cry, which is, I just want to wear shoes again. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you will heal her, that she will be able to put shoes around on and dance around and run around and walk around and say, wow, God, you healed me. You healed me. Now let me tell everyone else of the miracles that you have done. Lord Jesus, we saw you do signs and wonders. We've, we've read it in your word about the excitement that people had as they were being healed. And Lord Jesus, you said greater things are going to happen. And we pray right now healing, Lord Jesus. We pray shoes and that she will have more shoes than she could ever dream of. May her closets overflow with shoes, Lord God. We pray big miracles, Lord Jesus, because you are the one who is the healer. And we know that you can and you will heal. And we pray tonight that she will have a special touch from you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I feel like you're going to come back and you're going to call or email or something and tell us about that miracle. Uh, something's really powerful, guys, about the word testimony. Testimony, and my mom did a teaching one time that was so good. Testimony means do it again. Is that right? Did I mess up your sermon? Or is that right? That's right. Okay. It means like he can do it again. And so testify when God does a miracle. This is going to be a real short prophecy. Um, 
Tim, your wife, I know, I know your name, but I can never think of it. Sue. I, was, I knew it started with an S. I was like, I feel like I'm a wheel of fortune. So give me an S. What's in the middle? I just saw you praying in a closet, and I just thank you for the, I thank you, Lord, for the, um, the gift of intercession. I thank you for the gift of prayer. God says you move mountains when you pray. You move mountains when you pray. I'm going to say it a third time. You move mountains when you pray. In fact, I read in my devotional time, I thought it was going to be short. It's going to be a little bit longer. I read in my devotional time uh, yesterday or the day before, um, God says he's going to do something. The man of God begs him, no, Lord, please don't, Lord. And he changes God's mind. The Lord says, there are times when you have moved my heart so much that I literally, it, I can't explain that. I can't explain God's sovereignty and all that, but I know what I read. God says, because you asked. And then he did this thing. The Lord says, there are times because you asked, I did. The Lord says, because you asked, I did. You are persistent. You, I don't know if you're that stubborn with your husband, but I just see you like knock, 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 knock. I'm going to knock again. Here it comes, Lord. You've asked, I've asked you this before. I, I even see you doing this. I've asked you this before, Lord. The Lord says he actually likes when you kind of point at him and you say, Lord, I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask again. So God, I just thank you that, that she moves mountains when she prays. And God, I just thank you so much for Ellen Vossler right here. Oh, man, you're, you're so much like, you just, you're like Mary and Martha all in one. You love to serve, but you sit at his feet, and you love to serve, and you sit at his feet. And I just see you running and doing dishes and then back to sitting at his feet. And the Lord just wants to say he loves that about you. He just loves that you love him, and you love to serve, and you love him, and you love to serve. And uh, I just feel like the Lord says, though, this is, she has, you have found the one thing that is most important, and I will not take it away from her. And what he says about Mary sitting at his feet that in that moment, he says that about you, that you have discovered that in your life. Sitting at his feet truly is your greatest joy. It really is. It's not a saying. It's not something on a coffee mug. It is, it is your heart's cry is to sit at his feet, and he just loves that. He says, I, I've, every time I'm with you, never think I'm not there, I'm there. In fact, this sounds strange, but I feel like the Jesus says to you, I love our times together. He's seriously, he's like, I love our time together. Amen. Oh, I love these kids. Yeah. Really, really quick. Cadence, my daughter Cadence and River, you two have been swaying literally to the exact same rhythm for the entire time we've been prophesying. And I just want to, there's something to that. There's something to that. There's a unique anointing with you together. And God, whatever you want to do with that, God, do it. And let them have the courage to obey you. And right over here, the one we thought was for tie-dye, right here, that you have an amazing creative gift. That coming back to tie-dye, talking about making colors that nobody's seen before, you have something in you that you're going to create that nobody's ever seen before. And an amazing 
creative anointing. And God, we just speak that over her. We thank you for that amazing gift. And whatever it is in her destiny that, that she's going to create, that she's going to innovate, that nobody's ever seen before, God, we ask for your anointing that it would glorify your name and that she'd have the courage to obey you when she knows what it is. The girl, I know your name. Just give me a second. Um, striped shirt. I'm so bad with names. Help me. Sarah. I just saw you in this black pantsuit in the future. I don't know if you like pantsuits. Maybe you hate them. But I see you are in charge, my friend. You're going to be in a business meeting, and you're going to have your little glasses, and you're going to be at this meeting at this long table, and everybody's going to be like, that girl, she is in charge. And they're going to respect you, have a deep respect for you. We'll pray for you too, Lucas. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, Seriously, uh, I like it, the, the, the leadership uh, gift in you is powerful. In fact, can you stand up? Can you guys just reach your hands? Wow, Lord. Leader, Deborah, Deborah, I call you forth, Deborah. Don't hide behind anything, Deborah. I know that's not your name. I'm just, there's, I just want you to read the story of Deborah in the Bible. The Lord says, I've made you like a Deborah. You're strong, you're courageous. Who was that girl? Is it Joan of Arc who goes in and she like leads this big powerful thing? Look up Joan of Arc too for some reason. I'm really bad with history, but the Lord's good with history, so he knows. I want you to look up Joan of Arc. There's something with that story that is gonna resonate with you because the Lord says, I'm raising you up like a Deborah, like a Joan of Arc. And I'm going to shift things in culture because of you. And I will bring people to serve your vision, the Lord says. And no, don't think less of yourself, the Lord says. Uh, the Lord says, yeah, be humble, but don't think less of yourself. You have a leadership gift. And the Lord says, I'm going to bring people to you that's just going to make you so excited as you're going to move together towards these goals, these culture-shifting things, the Lord says. And they're going to look at you and they say, out of that, people are going to say, that, that young lady, that? So they're going to see your name on a website and they're going to show up and they're going to think that you're like 50 years old and see, they're going to walk in and you're going to be like 30, right? Like 30, 32. And they're going to go, oh my goodness, she's in charge. Man, I have always liked what she had to say about X, Y, Z. So thank you, God, for giving her wisdom beyond her years. Thank you for a Deborah-like anointing, a Joan of Arc courage. In fact, everybody, I want everybody to prophesy with me and say courage. Come on, we're going to say it three times. Courage. One more time. Courage. God says, I am with you, mighty warrior. Amen? Amen. Sayla, can you run it and go get... Pastor Andrew, please. He just went that direction down the hallway. She's fast. It'll be quick. What are we doing? What's happening? Oh. Uh, so, ma'am, with the green shirt right back here. Do I step out on a limb? So this is always nerve-wracking. Do you do you sing? No. 
I just saw a musical note over you, like a really, really beautiful musical note over you. And I think you have, uh, it's something with music that, that you love, and it's something with a, a song or a sound. And I know not everybody that writes songs and not everybody that, that can sing, and I know you're not up here, but I just feel like God wants to outpour something on you right now. And God, whatever that musical note means, because I know I saw it in my spirit. I actually had this before you left. I saw that musical note, and I said, I hope she comes back. And you came back, and there's a musical, a beautiful musical note over your life. And maybe it's not singing. I don't know. But God, whatever that is, that anointing over her, the song that's going to come out of her, out of your life, God, we speak it over her, that it would glorify your name, that you would not be discouraged by it. If things have been like like shut down about, about things like that, like your dreams and, and things that excite you and feel like, oh, here we go again. And God says, just you wait because he has you in his hand and you may have seen disappointments, but I just see like a big, like a birthday cake in my spirit, like, like with one of those sparkler candles on it. And it's really, really exciting and you're surrounded by people that you love that you haven't seen in a long time. And there's just this excitement and this song over you. Uh, so I didn't know who you were um, when God gave me the word earlier, but it was I was supposed to hold it until somebody said something about someone singing. So uh, I love when God confirms things. So. Uh, as God gives you prophetic words, a lot of times there's a confirmation. When there's a confirmation, it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like, this is cool. It's fun, it's fun to kind of be a part of these things. So as you were, you were saying, it was something about how, um, do you have a good singing voice or do you feel like you don't? Okay, good. Because this, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's good or not. But, um, but what I saw was um, somebody was trying to sing and they wanted to sing with all their heart. But they were like, my voice isn't good. I, I, I feel like I can't sing the way I feel like I should be able to sing. And God wants you to know that he's giving you a new song, a song where you are going to sing it at the top of your lungs, that your heart is going to be bursting and overflowing because God has given you the voice that he's given you. And it's going past singing. There's going to be a boldness that you don't have that God is going to give you in your voice. So it's not specifically about singing. It is now about what you're going to say and who you're going to say it to. You, you're going to hear God's voice and you're going to say, is this your voice? I don't, I, like, is this me? Is this you, Lord? I don't know what I'm, what I'm hearing right now. God is saying, I'm giving you a voice and that voice is going to be heard loud and clear and it's not just from you to your son, like that distance. It's like from you to the next county. People are going to hear your voice. So God's giving you a message that is going to go beyond your household. It's a message that he's given you that he's not going to give anybody else. So I don't know if you feel like um, there's something to, uh, you feel like things have been created and there's nothing else left to create or people have said things that have that you feel like you may not have a, a space or a place to say something but God's going to give you the boldness and he's going to give you something new that no one else has said or spoken before 
things that have not been even spoken into existence of the world. Um, so in all time, God's going to give you a specific message that no one else has ever had, and you are going to have the boldness to speak it. Um, Pastor Andrew. Um, so a little bit ago, there was a man in the dark corner in the back, and I didn't know who it was. Um, it was kind of funny because he was just kind of in the corner, and there was no lights, or maybe it's the light shining in my eyes. And, um, and then you stepped down, and then you disappeared. Um, and as you stepped out, I was like, oh, that's who it was. But I, act, I had absolutely no idea it was you. And as you were in that back corner, um, God showed me that you were going to step out into the light, and as you step out into the light, um, it's as if a red carpet is rolling out in front of you, but it's not red. It's a um, picture Wizard of Oz, yellow brick, the golden brick road, yellow, but it's golden for you. It is a golden brick road that wherever you go, it's going to roll out in front of you. Um, and the funny thing is, is as you left, I saw you go by that door, and as you were walking by, I saw the road unrolling behind you. So you thought you were going someplace, but God was saying, um, I have a plan for you and a purpose for you, and as you step out into it, he's going to show you what you're going to say, what you're going to do, where you're going to go, people that you're going to meet. And on that golden road, he wants you to know that you are taken care of. You don't have to worry about things. Um, he has rolled out this road. It's already planned. You don't have to worry about it. You're just here to enjoy it. So just enjoy, relax, take a deep breath. And when things do get crazy, whatever that may be, don't worry about it because God has it under control. He wants you to know that you have stepped out into something where um, I, I don't, this, this is, you can tell me or not if, if, it, if it resonates with you or not, but I feel like you've made choices in your life where you felt like as a father and as a husband, I don't know if I should do this because if I do, it could be devastating to my family. This, this choice, this change that I'm thinking about stepping out into could, could be bad for my family. Um, there's something where it's, I don't know, there's just, you are questioning, do I do this? And then you just said, well, Lord, this is yours. My family's yours. I'm yours. I, I, I have nothing that matters. I'm stepping out into whatever you have for me, and it better be good. Um, and it's not that you were saying that in a way that God took it as, well, it better be good. It's, I know it's going to be good. God, you got something that I can't even dream of what this picture is going to look like. But he has something really good for you and your family. Um, and yes, I know you as a staff member. I know that you're planning a church. I don't even know if this is what that is about. But God wants you to know that the bigger picture is going to be grand. And you've said, God, here's my family. Here's my children. I'm going to raise my children um, to be uh, actually, can you bring your family up here? Are they in this room or are they, I know you had a kid somewhere. Oh, never mind. I'll pray over her in a little bit. Um, but it's one of those things of you have chosen to raise your family the way that you have. And you said, Lord, they're yours. Give me wisdom. I don't know how to do this on my own. Um, but I have this picture of what my family should look like. Help me to get there. And God's saying, you have this picture that you think is pretty good of what you want your family to look like. But guess what? That picture isn't even, uh, it's blurry. He said, God, when God looks at your picture, it's blurry. When God sees his picture, 
it is clear. It is as if it is full real life. So whatever your plan is, where you want to be with your family, God's got a better picture. It's going to be even greater and grander than you could ever imagine. Lord Jesus, right now I pray over Pastor Andrew. I pray over his family. I pray over the steps that he has taken. And even as he's not sure which way that he is going, I just pray right now that you will give him the wisdom that he needs. I pray that when he feels that he is ill-equipped for whatever the task is ahead, whether it's speaking to someone, putting something into motion, I pray right now that you will give him godly wisdom that he could not learn anywhere else, that even schooling could not teach him, that you're just going to plant it in his brain, and he's going to see something happen, and he's going to say, wow, that is a pretty cool picture. I never believed that something like this could be this good. God, thank you for letting me be a part of this really super fun, cool plan. And all those words, that's not just a kid's director right here talking super fun, cool. Um, God wants you to know that your plan that he has in place for you is super fun and cool. So um, just print that and put that on your wall somewhere. <laughs> but Jesus, right now, bless that family and give him wisdom where he needs that godly, divine wisdom. So this is the last one from the microphone, but I want um, us to go to just 9.15 with the prayer team. So I'm going to have the prayer team come forward while I give this one word over. Uh, yeah, can you remember, remind me of his name? What is it? Daylin? Daylin? I know we just had breakfast like last Sunday, but there was a thousand kids everywhere. I want to have the prayer team come forward. And if you want prayer or you want your kids to receive prayer, I want you to come up to this prayer team. But as they're coming, Daylin, can you look at me, buddy? I just saw you with a suit, but athletic shorts. And the Lord says he's going to give you relationships and he, your agent is his agent. And I want you to write this, one of you to write this down because he's going to be about 22, 24 and you're going to go, oh, my, it just happened. You're going to say those three words, it just happened. Dalen, the Lord is going to connect you with the right people at the right time. Suit, coat, athletic shorts. Business on the top, party on the bottom. Lord's going to use your fun personality and he's going to use your sense of humor. And the Lord says, your people skills will take you places others will not go. The Lord says he's going to give you people skills that's going to connect you with the right people. And he's going to give you a big dream. And you're going to think, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. But the Lord says, I am enough. And the Lord says, I'm going to put you in a meeting and then I'm going to put you in another meeting. And then I'm going to put you in another meeting. And then I'm going to put you in another meeting. And you're going to actually be thinking about business on the top, party on the bottom. I'm just having a party all the time. And you're just going to be singing. You're going to be thinking, what's going on? Why do I keep getting this meeting? And you're, I see big dollar signs, son. You're going to say, hey, can I have a grant? I want you to write that word down, grant. Can I have a grant for this? And they're going to say, yes. You're going to say, can I have a grant for this? They're going to say, yes. Can I have a grant for that? Yes. The Lord says yes to you. Coat of many colors, business coat, beautiful, powerful, favored of the Lord. God is going to take you 
given you people skills that's going to take you to where others will never go. God, we thank you for this word. I thank, I thank you. You're just going to give him such a beautiful, uh, that he has such a beautiful, humble heart. And he's going to keep that childlike all the way. You're going to be like 60 years old and people are going to say, oh, he's just a big kid. You're still going to be acting like you're eight. I love it. And the Lord loves that about you. He loves that about you. So thank you, God, for that word. Thank you for that favor. All right, so if you want prayer, I want you to come forward. If you need to go, take off. But if you want prayer, come up and come up with your kids. I really want to do that. And especially, again, if you're on our prayer team, uh, one of our deacons, please come. Noel, what are you doing back there? I will hurt you. Get up here. Come on now. Um, and, uh, if you, again, if you got to go, you got to go. But I know we have a little bit more left in us. And so we'd love to pour out and give to you if you would like to receive.